Distance running legend Dathan Ritzenhain retires. Running while exhausted may have long-term benefits. And in honor of Mother's Day, we've got the Mother Runner to give practical tips and great suggestions. All this and more coming right up. Information about the world of running, inspiration to fuel passion and excellence, and ideas for making connections and finding community. You're listening to A to Z Running. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Andy. And I'm Zach. And happy Mother's Day, belatedly, to all of you mothers who are runners, or if you're just a mother listening to this and you don't run, because I suppose that is possible. It is possible, although unlikely, that someone listening to this doesn't care about running. Hmm. Maybe you Very care about unlikely. someone who cares about running. Let though. us know. Let us know why you're listening to this if you're not a runner. <laughs> that, that might inform us as to what we should or shouldn't be talking about. Um, so it, we are actually recording at this exact second that we are recording on Mother's Day, um, just very briefly here, and wanted to commemorate the mother runner. So we have for our guest for the show today, the mother runner, mm-hmm. literally, she of is. themotherrunners.com. Which, that doesn't mean that she's a mother of mother runners. That means she's the mother runner among mother runners. That's uh, an important clarification because we're not talking about a grandmother you're runner. You're being so confusing right now. I <laughs> uh, believe her mother is also a runner. As oh, my mother so her is mother also is a runner. mother runner. A mother runner mother. Mother is also a runner. A running mother runner mother. I got it. <laughs> This is so good. This is such a great thing to do. So thank you, Whitney, for naming your thing Mother Runners so that we could have this fun little chat. I love it. But before and I love we get, your website. <laughs> it's good stuff. Uh, we've got a lot of good things coming from her for all of you women and as well for any of you who want to just simply support the Mother Runner in your life or circles in some way. Exactly. Many of us have come into contact with other Mother Runners, maybe on a team. Maybe you're a coach and you coach mothers Maybe you are a kid and your mom runs. All of these things, it can be helped and informative for you as you support the mother runner in your life. That is the truth. Um, So I'm curious, Andy, because you happen to also be a mother Hmm. who is a runner. Tell us, what's that like for you? Yes. So it's exhausting. I'll be quite honest. I'm going to start with that one. Because I don't think we can escape that as marathoners, period. So I think mm-hmm. every long distance runner is going to feel some of that fatigue. But then especially if you have other little children in your life that you are taking care of or big children or just other people in general <laughs> that you're taking care of. You take care of. <laughs> other human beings who think of you as the person who has to take care of their needs, mm-hmm. whether they should or shouldn't think of you that way. Yeah, so I guess my experience it has launched me into being tougher. I think many mm. would agree that you have to be more decisive, that running is something that you truly want to do. I don't think that when you come into a situation where you're tired, uh, that you will do something that you're kind of wish-washy about. So I think a lot of moms, including me, have decided, yeah, I want to I want to do this. I want to make a plan. I want to get after a few goals. I want to see what I can do because it's really hard to be half-hearted mm. in the sport when you're tired. That is very keen. Mm. So if you can appreciate Andy's experience, you certainly 
can relate to some of the things Whitney has to say as well. And so there's a lot of good conversation to support you all. But before we get to that, of course, we do want to share some of the latest in the world of running. So the big news in our world and the entire running world is that Dathan Ritzenhain has announced his retirement. He has officially retired from competitive running. Right. And we know that he will still be vibrant in the running community as he is a coach of professional runners as well as other runners. We can link in our notes with the blog post Mm. how you can actually pursue being coached by Dathan Ritzenhain. And also... Of course, he writes articles for Podium Runner. He has contributed to articles with us at A to Z Running. We've had him on the podcast. So you'll continue to hear from Dathan Ritzenhain. And part of the reason why it's good for us to listen to his voice in the sport is because he has seen all there is to see. He's been all the places you can be and been a part of running on so many levels to the highest degree and in so many intimate ways. And part of that includes just his success story. And Andy's got some crazy interesting stats on Dathan's success story. So I I would be taking the entire episode to tell all of them to you because he has so very many. But I did want to mention that he's a two-time global medalist. He's a three-time Olympian. He's a five-time national championship. He's run 207 in the marathon, and he's done 16 years of professional running. And you can look at stats of like he's top 10 in the U.S. in like every distance that he's run competitively, you know, all time top 10. Yeah. Um, A couple of top five, like marathon, half marathon. He's fourth all time. Like Mm -hmm. he's he's one of those athletes. And many have talked about Dathan in this way, Um, especially kind of like high school is when the conversation started with him. And it certainly was going on in college and early in his professional career, especially um, where he was one of those who was involved in rewriting the map. And American distance running for high school records, for collegiate accomplishments. Um, he set American records professionally. Like, like he's done all of those things. Mm-hmm. And he's been a part of an era that I don't think we should forget in distance running, where an era that changed the tune for is it possible still for Americans to compete globally in distance running. Mm-hmm. And that question was a legitimate question for a while there because it just kind of seemed like maybe we couldn't hack it anymore with the world's best. And he certainly did. Excellent. Well, massive congratulations to Dathan on a career well accomplished. Mm -hmm. You know, I think um, we would love to get more from him on the topic at some point. And so I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I know that from talking with him that Dathan wanted a little bit more. And I think that's one of the things that defines a highly successful person, you know, a passionate person is you, you tend to never be quite satisfied. And I'm, I'm hoping that he is able to still look back on his career and say, even though I wanted a little bit more, I was still able to go all the places and do all the things that you dream about doing. And I hope he saw that and feels that even even in, in a moment that could be otherwise bittersweet. Yeah. And I had texted Dathan when the announcement was made of his retirement, and he said that he's looking forward to helping others get to Definitely. the places that he's been now. And in the flow track interview where I first saw this announcement made, Dathan gives kudos to the o- his own mother runner in his life, which 
is Kaylin, his wife, and he gives her a major shout out talking about how she really held down the fort during his times of traveling and pursuing his dreams that she really was there for him and uh, the raising of their children and how close they are as a family through all these experiences. So it's really cool that in that announcement, he was able to recognize Kaylin's role. So next thing we wanted to talk about is just is to dwell a moment on some of the uber famous mothers who are or were runners as well. And Andy's got a pretty decent list here. It's so not complete, though. Like, no, I barely no, no. Trying, I, I have like yeah. a couple people on here and I am sure that I've missed some that I should have mentioned. But I just wanted to go through a couple. Dina Castor being one of them. And yeah. even though she had her child after some of her major accomplishments post kid, she ran a new world record for the Masters Half Marathon in a time of 109.39. Wow. I know, right? She's a major inspiration for many reasons, but also as a mother runner, Sally Kipiego. She's very fresh on my mind because <laughs> she is now competing for the U.S. and will be cheering for her in Tokyo 2021. She ran her first marathon. And you've heard us say this before, because but I think it's amazing. It just blows my mind. She was pregnant. She didn't know it yet for her debut marathon in New York, and she ran a time of 228.01. Yeah. She was pregnant. Yeah. You, you generally don't do it that way, but <laughs> debut your marathon when you're pregnant. Uh, nope. Well, some some do, but you don't usually do it by accident. Um, yeah, and so she's definitely, you know, an exciting story in distance running because she's been, it, before she changed her nationality, she was highly successful. And so it's always kind of exciting to see, you know, what does the new leaf have mm-hmm. in store too. So Yeah, she was an Olympic silver medalist. And she told Runner's World a while back, My body is different, but I'm mentally stronger. And we saw that Mm. so vividly in her performance in Atlanta because she hurt bad at the trials. She was third, so she'll be competing for the USA in the Olympic marathon. If the Olympics ever happen again. Oh, don't be a downer. (laughs) Oh, sorry, sorry. But I have to say, like, watching that footage back, because, of course, I I didn't see it unfold since I was, like, 30, 40 minutes behind or whatever it was. And when I saw it back and I saw how hard it was for her, she had it written on her face, but how she pushed and she made it through the finish line. I can see this exact phrase come into play that she was mentally strong. Well, I'd be remiss not to talk about Stephanie Bruce, who's gotten tons of PRs. You'd be remiss because you really like talking about Stephanie Bruce. I do. Bruce. <laughs> like her, her tagline, so to speak, is grit. And I just love that because you really have to get dig your hands, dig your fingers into the sport of running. Well, no, actually, Andy, the reason why that's her tagline is because her, her family is really dirty. They just oh. they they just keep getting dirt all over everything. No, that's not funny. And she's trying to clean not up funny. constantly all nope. day. Well, she is a mom of two boys. That's what I'm talking so, about. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. So she's had PRs since having kids. Well, I think all of her PRs since having children, and that's a huge, huge um, motivation for a lot of us mother runners out there. Allison Felix, of course, a fairly new mom, but still got medals at the World Championships. She made it to the World Championships, Mm -hmm. and I think that we'll see her. She's uh, been showing up in great shape during her training, at least from what I can see, and we might see her in Tokyo. That's her plan for sure. I'm sure that's her plan. And here's one, Mary Keatney. 
and I don't know if I'm saying her name right, but I know her name by seeing it in results after results after results. She became the second fastest female marathon in world history almost nine years after having her first two children. That's something. Wow. Yeah. I mean, she's soft-spoken, but she's won four of the last six New York City marathons, and she's won three London marathons. And then this is a name you might not know right off the bat, but Wilma Rudolph. If you know your running history, you may have heard her name because she swept the 100 meter, 200 meter, and 4 by 100 meter in the 1960 Rome Olympics, and she was a mom. She Two years earlier, she became a mom. There you go. So even in the 60s, it was possible yeah. to be world successful mother runner. Yeah, and I love hearing about that. And she obviously paved the way for many of us who are now pursuing big goals in running, including our guest for this podcast episode. Whom we will talk about after the break. We're back to tell you about Whitney Hines. Yes, Whitney Hines and I have connected. She is the owner, the content cre- creator. She is the one who runs the motherrunners.com. She's married to a competitive runner as well. She has two kids, and she's been running since she was six years old. She's loved it since then. Whitney is a fast mother runner, too. She has a goal of qualifying for the Olympic trials and the marathon, and she's really been knocking at that door of that sub 245 time. She has had some injuries that she's been working through, as many of us have, and she's going to be talking a little bit about obstacles, other obstacles besides injuries that sometimes mother runners face, and then also what people can do to support the mother runner in their life. Let's hear from Whitney. Hi, Whitney. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really honored to be on your show. I'm such a big fan. Well, thank you. I'm a fan of you too. <laughs> so Whitney, as I said earlier, she is the founder, the owner, the content curator behind themotherrunners.com. And she's with us here today to talk about obstacles that mother runners face and also how those of you out there who aren't mothers, how you can support the mother runner in your life. Andy is so, saying that largely for my benefit. Exactly. So that I can gain something from this conversation <laughs> to benefit her. It's all manipulative really to get him to support me better. That's it. <laughs> well, I would imagine you guys have a pretty good um, system down since you're both very talented, competitive runners and it takes a lot of you know, compromise to get your training in, I'm sure. Compromise is a really nice word. Yeah. <sighs> I, I <laughs> We have had our ups and downs and we're always looking to do it better. So we're grateful to learn from you, Whitney, and then also those that you've brought along in your interviewing and who you've interviewed on The Mother Runners. So we're really excited to tap into that today and maybe talk a little bit about our conversation. Well, actually, your guest post that we have on A to Z running, and we'll link to that in our blog post associated with this about obstacles, like things that you have talked to mother runners about, things that you've experienced yourself that you have found to be challenging in this road of motherhood and running. Yeah, I'm, I um, have a comp- I've encountered a lot 
And I know every mom has. And that's one reason why um, I wanted to start the Mother Runners is because I had this like eureka moment that I'm not alone in dealing with these challenges because being a mom and being a runner, unfortunately, often come into conflict with one another. Um, you're either dealing with sleepless nights or packed schedules or um, mom guilt is a huge thing. And so I'm um, just talking to other moms and realizing, you know, they're going through the same thing and, and just brainstorming solutions has been really helpful for me. And so that was one, one big reason why I wanted to create this platform to kind of get it out there and help other moms, um, keep running and chasing their goals and keep them inspired and not let them just give up because it can be really hard just to get out the door. Oh, absolutely. And you have some big goals yourself. You're chasing, you're, you're right there. You're knocking at the door of that Olympic trial qualifier. So what has life been like for you trying to train and compete at that level? Um, it was really hard, to be honest. Um, I just decided, uh, I ran my first marathon since becoming a mom last spring. And that's when, you know, based on that, my coach was like, okay, let's, you know, you get one shot. Let's, let's go for the trials. And so I went from running like 50 miles a week to a hundred miles a week, which is <laughs> very, very time consuming. And my husband was also training to qualify for Boston again. And so he was running, you know, 60 plus miles. And, um, it's just, it was very time consuming. I felt, um, I don't know if you guys encounter this, but like after a hard workout in the morning, I'm just drained. And I, often felt like I running was making me not a better mom, which is kind of counterproductive because, you know, I want to encourage moms to keep running because pretty much all of them say that being a runner helps them be a better mom. It helps them, you know, be just more confident, more patient. Um, but I was just really tired from running so much. So I felt a lot of mom guilt at the time too, you know, um, so it's, I've, I learned a lot from that experience. Um, and now that I'm currently injured, I've been able to really think about what it was like, um, training so hard. Um, yeah. So what are yeah. some of the reflections? <laughs> like you said, you've been thinking about it and kind of analyzing, what are some things that you've taken away from that? Things that you were like, yes, I was right on. We did that right. And then some things that maybe you're like, oh, I'd like to integrate that into my next training cycle. Um, I would say there were, there have been two things that I realized, um, one is, um, to not take running so seriously. <laughs> um, the whole purpose of running as a person and as a mom is to do it because it makes you feel good. It makes you happy. And so, um, if for some reason a race doesn't go well or a workout doesn't go well, don't beat yourself up. I mean, you're still moving forward and it should be breathing positivity into the rest of um, the rest of your life, whether it's being a mom or an employee or a wife or whatever. Um, and then the second thing is um, probably to eat more. <laughs> um, you know, I think a lot of times I was drained because I would come home and I would have a protein smoothie and I thought that was enough. And then, you know, like an hour later, I'm crashing and I'm, you know, not being a very energetic, fun mom or productive person. And I realized recently that it's because I probably needed to, to eat more. A smoothie is not enough when you're training hard. Mm -hmm. So Whitney, I appreciate that point about uh, the difficulty in, you know, do you, are you able to get the proper amount of nutrition and 
um, fuel, you know, we're really, we're talking about fuel here. Um, one of the things that that makes me think about, and this is terrible, this is a husband fail right now, um, is, is so many times, like Andy and I almost never run at the same time, largely because they're just, it's harder schedule wise. But one of the things we do the most mm-hmm. is, um, one of us will run a little bit earlier and then the one, the other one will run kind of like right after. And I often, when I'm done running, I immediately just assume that Andy's going to like take care of things. Like she's going to get dinner ready or if it's earlier in the morning, she's going to get breakfast ready, you know, things like that. I automatically assume she's going to do that. And I'm very lackadaisical about like finishing my run routine. And I like, I take a long time stretching. I kind of ignore the kids and just, you know, let Andy deal with them while she's also trying to prepare food And all of that is me not thinking about the fact that she also needs to take care of some of that stuff. She also needs to get a good meal in herself as well. She can't just take care of everybody else the whole time. It's kind of my point. And I don't always remember that. (laughs) That's wonderful that you remembered that because husband and I had similar um, issues as well. You know, I'd come in the door and it'd be immediately like picking up the house and vacuuming and um, and then he would go and we kind of came up with a schedule where he would go on Sundays. So my long runs were on Saturdays and then he ran on Sunday or he ran like much later in the day so that, you know, I had my time to drink a smoothie and mm. stretch and foam roll and all that because, um, I really f- felt the difference when I would skimp on that. So, um, I think that is such a common dilemma between couples that are, that are both runners. I like your solution. That's a great solution. That is a, that we, is we, didn't, a solution. we don't do that enough. I think we should switch our days, you know, like Saturday, Sunday. Well, it's it can be difficult because, you know, your workouts are probably the same during the week. So it just, you know, and and then it kind of messes could mess mm-hmm. with your whole running schedule. It just it happened to work for us, but I don't know. Still a good suggestion. Maybe it could yeah. Work for you. Yeah. <laughs> So I love too what you said before the nutrition as well about not taking running so seriously, but still wanting to pursue the sport with excellence. How did you navigate that, Whitney? Um, To be honest, I'm still navigating it. I just got today a book called Passion Paradox. Have you all Mm. heard of it? Oh, yeah. We've read it. Yes, indeed. Well, I'm very excited to read it because I feel like it's going to be really helpful in learning how to be, you know, to healthily chase um, Mm. a goal and to have a passion and not let it like rear its ugly head um, and and either burn you out or have you just be way too um, focused on the, the goal instead of like as cliche as it sounds like the journey to that goal. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm still working through it because, um, it's a lot different, you know, being, um, I haven't run in almost three and a half months now. So, um, you know, I, I think like, okay, I'm in a good place. Once I start back, I'm really just going to enjoy running and be proud of myself for whatever it is that I do. But I know that once I get back into the grind, it's going to be, I'm in the danger zone as far as getting back into that mindset of, oh, no, I didn't hit my paces or I'm not running as fast as I used to or whatever it may be. So I'm I'm curious, Whitney, from the um, you know, from the supporting the mother runners perspective here, um, one of the things that I personally don't necessarily understand experientially, certainly not. Um, and I'm not sure that I even understand this concept 
it at an emotional or cognitive level, but I hear people say it a lot, which is mom guilt. So you've mentioned that a couple of times here just offhand. And I know it's one of the kind of the main obstacles that's come up um, when you've shared this idea in the past. And when, when I'm thinking about how Andy might experience and feel mom guilt and what I can or cannot do to help alleviate that or even avoid it entirely, um, what, what can I do to help her? So I would say, I mean, the thing that you can do is to just be supportive of her running and the time and not uh, ever make her feel bad that she, you know, is going for a long run and is gone for several hours on a Saturday or, you know, be respectful of the fact that, yes, maybe she went for a three hour run and she still needs more time to come home and recover um, and not rush her and just, you know, be mindful that she has a ton on her plate and she's doing a lot of things. And um, I would say just, you know, every once in a while, I mean, everyone wants to be appreciated. So just hearing like, hey, you're doing an awesome job at XYZ, I think goes a long way. Um, because I don't know, it's like my mom guilt has evolved when I had infants and they just wanted to nurse all the time and trying to be by myself for, you know, 30 minutes and mm. they're screaming and almost hyperventilating because I'm trying to leave. Like, you know, I felt like a terrible mom because I just wanted to be alone for a little while and do this thing that I love to do that made me feel like myself again. Um, and now it's more like, well, I feel guilty because, um, not that I'm being, a, I'm away from my kids, but because I'm taking this time to myself when my husband also needs time to himself. And so there's like that constant battle between like who gets what sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I think all in all, it, like the, the foundation of pretty much every healthy relationship is just noticing and telling um, one another that you appreciate one another. <laughs> mm. Oh, that so goes so far. What you're saying is my sarcastic remarks about how a two-hour run shouldn't take three hours to complete are probably <laughs> not helpful. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it, that's a very. Uh, are you in our household too? Because those types of comments <laughs> are made sometimes too. So, Thanks. running is very time-consuming, and it's like you know, taking care of yourself and being healthy is time consuming too. You know, um, it just, it requires a lot to especially run at the level that, um, you guys are running at. I just love involving our kids too. And I've seen you do it as well. And they get really excited, uh, for different parts of the mother runners I've seen you post and they know what's going on with you. And I, I really like the way that you involve your kids. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I've never, I'm never going to like press my kids into liking running, but I don't know. I feel like kids just really love to run. And, um, my daughter, when she was four, uh, she did her first mile fun run and it was remarkable. The change in her, like before she ran the race, she was very timid in new situations. Like she would sometimes even freak out being around, um, being around new people or just new in new places. And she just really was uncomfortable. 
and she ran this race and I was really worried because I thought that she was going to freak out because it was loud and there was lots of people and she loved it. And when she was done with that race, it was like a newfound confidence in everything that she was doing. I'm good enough of trying new things and meeting new people. And it, it has stayed with her ever since. It just gave her this sense of newfound confidence. And I really think that that's like a great example of the power of running. And that was, I mean, honestly, like it kind of mirrors what running did for me as a child. Um, my dad got me into it when I was about six years old. And, you know, I just, I was the girl that was like, you know, challenging every boy on the playground to run a 50 yard dash, you know, I just became like really, really confident because, you know, my dad thought that I was good at running and he entered me into races and I won them. And that just like made me think that I could do anything. That's a great story. I love that. And I also love how you said that your daughter got that newfound confidence that she's looking for. And I think that also does parallel uh, the motherhood, too, because if we don't run, sometimes we lose a little piece of ourselves and getting back into running can spur us on to be better in everything that we're doing, give us more confidence and and vision because there's so much time to think during a run that we don't have if we're around the chaos of our house. <laughs> so I love oh, that. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I, you know, go for a, a really great run and even not like a fast run, but, you know, I just meet with other mother runners and just really have a great time bonding with them and come back. And, you know, you're just like, you have pep in your step and you're in a great mood for the rest of the day. And you just, you're ready to have fun with your kids and you're more patient. And it's just those feel good endorphins, you know, they, it's not a myth <laughs> and it definitely carries out into the other parts of your life. So I guess, Whitney, I think I have just one more question um, myself at the moment, which is uh, thinking about then the other kinds of relationships around mothers, um, you know, whether so if I'm not in an immediate family with a mother runner that I can support, but maybe a training group or maybe just friends and, you know, what are any other ways that people can still do to support that runner? I would, I would say asking them about their running, um, just being really encouraging, not at all shaming because that does happen, unfortunately, where people will, you know, make comments about the time that it must take or just kind of being judgmental of this wonderful, healthy habit that we have. Um, and, um, if you are in a position to just offer help, because that is another really big lesson that I learned um, as a mom, that um, it's not a weakness to ask for help. And it's, you know, can actually be a win-win if you have like family nearby who can watch the kids while you run and they get to spend quality time with the children and the children realize that there are other people that love them and that can take care of them other than just their parents. Um, so if you're in a position to, to help watch the kids or, um, you know, go to a race and cheer on a mom, I think that would be really, really wonderful. That's awesome. Thank you, Whitney. And we're going to link to some of Whitney's posts that uh, relate to this, including the one she wrote for us as a guest post. And we also will link to her Instagram, her Pinterest, her Facebook pages, because if you want to be inspired, you got to follow Whitney and the Mother Runners. Thank you so much. Yes, of course. Thanks so much for joining us, Whitney. Thank you so much. I was, I'm really happy to be on. It was so fun chatting with you guys. So fun. Appreciate Thank it. you.
I'm so glad to have connected with Whitney. And I really get to connect with her on a daily basis on our Instagram. And I'd recommend that you go and follow her at The Mother Runners. You'll find a lot of inspiration there. She features different runners that she has had the opportunity to interview. She also highlights people that she's come in contact with on the Instagram platform. So it's been wonderful to connect with her and it's truly a source of information. And she supported me as a mother runner in this way. Now, I was able to write a guest post for the mother runners and it I will link to it in the blog post associated with this. And I talk a little bit about my journey through motherhood and training and competing in the Olympic trials and some of the lies that I've had to overcome. I won't talk about the whole thing, but I do want to mention and kind of loop back to what I said in the beginning about being tired. Zach, have you found that sometimes I'm tired? (laughs) You have endless amounts of energy. Endless. Yes. I'm so glad I fooled you. Bubbling like a fountain (laughs) of youthful spirit. So what I want to say about this this aspect of this lie that I'm too tired. Now, there are a couple ways to overcome this obstacle. And I would say one is to try to protect sleep time. And Zach and I had to do that by cutting out some shows. He sacrificed that for me. And then came the quarantine. I know, but we started watching, watching shows, shows again. again. So, yeah. But when I was marathon training, we didn't. True that. So we went to bed earlier. And that was a way that Zach sacrificed for me so that I could get my running during this training. And then um, the other edge of it is the idea that we are running tired and we're practicing running exhausted. And it's actually great mental training for the marathon distance. I'm not saying to put yourself over the edge. I don't want anyone to do anything dangerous, but I do see a very great benefit of exercising overcoming exhaustion for race day. So my idea is that I don't dismiss the days that I'm tired. I use them as an opportunity to practice running fatigued. Now, there is a scientific study that concludes that if you you can talk yourself out of exhaustion during endurance performance. So let's say we do that you know, every other day uh, on our runs as moms because we were up at night with a baby. Wouldn't you think that when it comes race day, when we get tired in that race, that we're going to have an edge because we practiced running exhausted. We chose to say yes to continuing to press on and move forward. And I guess one of the important training considerations that I would inject into that is uh, the kind of running that you might do when you're tired does matter. And there's one very important piece of advice for all of us, which is if you are feeling significant amounts of fatigue or exhaustion, Um, significantly harder efforts can be detrimental. Not even that they're not beneficial. They're not beneficial when you're actually exhausted and fatigued. They help you almost none at all. And in most instances can harm you, even to, to the extent of harming your fitness. So yes, training when you're fatigued can help with the mental fortitude side of things, but what kind of training you do on that day matters. And so if you're really feeling drained and down and out, don't try to throw down a 10-mile tempo. It's mm. probably going to be bad for you. But that doesn't mean you can't run 10 miles. Exactly. And I was dealing with some fatigue the other day in my run, and I noticed it wasn't physical fatigue this time around. It was mental fatigue. And so I had to really practice some of the things we talked about in a much earlier episode, and that is choosing a mental strategy. So I'm like, right now I'm going to think about this 
and unicorns I, and rainbows. <laughs> no, I oh. I actually had the Lord is my shepherd, which Joe Nemec right talked about. Thanks for that, Joe. Yeah, thanks, Joe. So I had that in my head, and I was just kind of like meditating on that, and then I started brainstorming for po- uh, blog post ideas. So I like kept myself mentally uh, ahead so that I didn't get down on myself and start stomping around. You know how that happens sometimes. So. Anyway, that is my personal experience as a mother runner, and more than personal experience, we have the wealth of information that is the running community, and I've appreciated the support of Zach and other people in my life who have supported me as a mother runner, and I just thank you all for that. Hmm. Well, my personal experience, not being a mother runner, but trying to do the best for and supporting Andy is when she is completely drained and fatigued day after day after day. That's probably not the right time for me to say, I need to get up at 5 to run today, and so you have to get up with the boys when they wake up at 5.30 and just deal with your lack of sleep. That might be a good day for me to find a different time to run. Let Andy catch a couple extra hours of sleep. Mm, That's a really good recommendation. Is it? Mm -hmm. Brownie points. Brownie points. Well, it is Mother's Day, and so I need to, at the very least give attention to this mother in my life not my mother but the mother of my children so we will do the things that we can do to try to support our mothers and i appreciated the practical advice from whitney and i appreciate andy's experience helping to speak to that as well and certainly a happy mother's day to i know it's belated when you're hearing this but to all of you mothers listening and thank you thank you for rearing us especially those of us who are unpleasant to rear at times and thank you for sticking in the game. And, you know, if, if you ran through all of that, mega props to you. And if you're trying to do it right now, just know that there is hope. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes we turn out okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a marathon. There you go. <laughs> go the distance. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.